Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? It's your boy Thunder Chats here coming to you with our presenting sponsor once again, betonline.ag. It is your number one source for all of your basketball info, stats, news, and scores. Get the latest odds and lines, including the latest player reports for this year's pro basketball playoffs. BetOnline is your always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options and your favorite casino and card games you can play right from your home. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, believe, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Huntzinger, at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. We have a very special episode today. We have some returning guests. I think this is, like, uh, collectively the third time on the show. But before I get to them, I do got to get to my co-host, the one, the only, the Alejandro, Alex Roy. What's up, Alex? What's up, man? I'm, I'm, I'm excited to get this uh, draft jack slash Topic Thunder collab going tonight um and you know we're 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 into that season where every uh workout video makes you think that this guy is going to be great and so it's good to have these guys on to kind of help part you know help us parse through that and kind of uh you know kind of help us help guide us to to which which prospect is really good and which prospect is just showing a highlight reel that's been sliced and edited Absolutely. And without further ado, let's get into it. So joining us today are one of the most creative and impressive tandems in all of draft coverage. One got to witness a playoff run and new life breathed into his New York Knicks franchise, while the other is a Chicago Bulls fan. They are founding members of the new No Ceilings Collective and are unafraid of battle group thinking their evaluation. They're so high on some controversial dudes, you might think they were on Quaaludes. Based on our own insider trading, we recommend that you buy into what these blue chip draft analysts are selling because their stock is trending way up. Ladies and gentlemen, the self-proclaimed Wolves of Ball Street, the co-host of the Draft App Podcast, your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst, please welcome Corey Tullible and Albert Gim. Let's go. That was awesome. (laughs) That that was a lot of words there. I started tripping over myself. Guys. Always a pleasure. Always a blast to have you on. I'm, I'm so excited to talk shop. Um, you know, not not as many prospects that we can touch on as we did, you know, the last few guests, but it's all right. Like we were discussing, there's a lot of value and a lot to be excited for in this draft. And uh, I, I'm excited to talk to you guys about it because you guys, you guys got some guys that, you know, a lot of people have questions about pretty high. So, hey, without further ado, let's kind of get into this. You know, as as I mentioned, Top of the draft, we're not there this year. All right, we're we're at number twelve, so we're not going to be talking about your Victor Wembanyama, Scoot Henderson. Everybody knows they're good at basketball. Let, let's move on. We are at the twelve spot. So before we get to the twelve spot, I just want to ask if you were going to just have 
your pick of any player in this draft. It could be oh, okay. Let's let's calm down. Okay, not top three. That that's how I did it before. No Victor Wembanyama, no Scoot, no Brandon Miller. Any player in this draft that would be a Taylor May fit for the Thunder. Who would it be? And I'm gonna start with Albert. I want to I start with Garbage Time Gam. Ooh, okay. Well, first off, I have to say that intro was incredible. Uh, I'm gonna make sure to cut that audio and just play that every single morning. I, I'm, as hey, I, I, I might make that our our intro. <laughs> I, I need it. I need it. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. I feel incredible. I feel incredible about myself. I feel incredible about life. Um, there we go, but to, baby. But to answer your question, I, I, I think for me, if it's not one of those top three guys, it's a guy that I think should be in the top three conversation. Um, we did a mock draft this week, and I took him number three. Uh, his name is Jairus Walker. Uh, he's a guy Ooh. that I absolutely love that I think deserves to be in that conversation. Um, it's great that I'm on this pod with Corey because Corey uh, will definitely agree with me uh, in saying that Jairus Walker deserves to be in that conversation. And for your, your listeners out there who maybe aren't as familiar with who Jairus Walker is, is he is um, – incredible at basketball he's a six eight uh gigantic humongous human being that's really really strong that's really gifted that's really talented that has incredible skills he he has a tight handle he's got wiggle he's got shake he can pass the rock he's a guy that in high school if you go back and watch some of his playmaking was incredible on the defensive side of the ball i've heard on the internet some people critique his defense and i'm like well mm. if you're going to critique his defense maybe watch rugby or something because <laughs> jaris walker is a stud defender who can guard one to five so i want to start there i'll let Corey take over but jaris walker would be my pick outside of the top three guys yeah i when we were talking off air before the mock draft you know i i brought up i was like i mean there's a lot of talk about brandon miller how he should be in the the conversation for number two and i was like if brandon miller is going to be in the conversation uh you know if you're not going to go the the conventional route towards scoot why can't jaris walker be in the conversation for number two Uh, do i think he's going to be i do not uh but when you're talking tailor made for the Oklahoma City Thunder's needs, yeah. I mean, one, six, eight, seven, two and a half wingspan with all of the skills Albert said, but just thinking about him as a front court partner for Chet Holmgren is what dreams are made of. And let's just say I have it on good authority mm-hmm. that if that case were, if that scenario were to present itself, I think it would be likely. So, um, and, and granted, I don't think Jarris is is falling to the Oklahoma City Thunder at twelve. Nah. But crazier <laughs> yeah. things have happened. Yes. Um, yes. But there's a lot of reasons to be a fan of his game because putting it dude, out there right, putting it out there right now, Jarris Walker had surgery to extend his height. <laughs> Just put it out there right now. Put it out to all the other teams, all the other GMs. Let's get this man down to 12. Got to push the controversy. I love it, man. Yeah, I mean, it feels like Jarius Walker is, like, very loved by everybody in the No Ceilings community. It feels like that's, like, you're all's, like, darling prospect even starting like at the beginning of the year like i had metcalf and wrecker on like before the season started and i asked the same question and metcalf was like no hesitation jairus walker so uh i i like that you know the fact that you guys are all consistent about it because you guys all have like you know very different views in terms of like where you rank prospects the fact that that's a consistency 
tells me everything I need to know. So I love it. Um, well, let's get into some more like realistic targets. You know, Jace Walker could definitely be a trade up target and we could talk trade up later on. But right now, you know, like I said, we're at the 12th spot. There's a wide variety of prospects that can go in that range. Uh, just kind of looking at, you know, where you guys have, you know, them on your board, where you have seen them in mocks, where you've mocked them at. Who's some prospects in that range that you like the most for the Thunder? I started with Albert first. So we'll go to Corey here. Um, so guys that I like in the Thunder's range, um, I'm a big Bryce Sensabaugh guy. Uh, I think that, uh, he's a guy that I would think the Thunder would have interest in. Um, you know, I, I think with him, you know, he, sometimes, and Albert made this, this great point on a, a pod recently, we'd look at, big boards, we look at mock drafts, we get so angered in our beliefs, but oftentimes, you know, when we talk to people behind the scenes, you know, there are a lot of conversations that aren't just not happening on the internet that are happening with people who are actual decision makers within the league. And I think the league at large is going to be a lot higher on Bryce Sensabaugh than what the general, you know, internet consensus is saying. Now, with that said, there are a number of sites that have Sensabaugh in that range, but, um, you know, when you look at a guy who is very long he's strong as all hell you know in a, in a lot of ways there's he's reminiscent body wise thicker for sure he's getting better shape but i think when you look at dimensionally you know jalen williams you know you could see some of the parallels uh there with him but 48 40 82 shooting splits as a freshman 27 points per uh 40 minutes uh 40 points per 100 i mean just an absolutely insane offensive weapon who, in my opinion, has some of the most advanced skill that I think I maybe have ever seen from you know a freshman prospect. The Man. footwork. Uh, I think he's the evolutionary Demar Derozan. I think there is a little bit of Devin Booker to his game. And I, wow. when I when I look at the playoffs and I see what players are thriving in the playoffs, you know, yes, it's nice to jump out of the gym like Ahmed Thompson, but how many of those guys are the, you know. Uh, for a second option on uh, the the teams that are remaining, not a lot, right? You know, like mm-hmm. you you truly need to be an outlier athletic specimen like Giannis or you know maybe Anthony Davis or something for that to happen. But Bryce Sensible is a guy that I think is going to undoubtedly be an offensive weapon in the league, and he's a guy whose game I think fits perfectly um, in the modern NBA, and I, I think multi-ball handler system on or off the ball. Bryce Sensabaugh is a guy that I think would be a really, really great target in that range. What is what are the, uh, what are the drawbacks on Sensabaugh? Is it, is it the injury history? Is it the, the defensive stuff? Uh, yeah, for me, I'm not really worried about the defensive stuff. Uh, I think he's good on the ball. It's controversial. Um, but I actually believe that he's a, a good on ball defender. Who's going to be able to guard up because he's, so strong um and a lot of the deficiencies where you might see him you know uh, struggle against a quicker guy like when he's guarding you know threes or even fours i think he's going to mitigate a lot of that uh off ball i didn't think he was nearly as bad as other people are going to make him out to be but uh you know that's not to excuse his defensive lapses that he most certainly has which a lot of guys who are 19 year- years old tend to to do in college also ohio state not really a great track record of uh defense from the backcourt over you know the last few years so um 
but yeah, the injury history, you know, he's had a few knee uh, surgeries, so there's definitely something to that. I think him getting in better shape, he looks to be in better shape. We love draft season pictures, right? We love the, mm-hmm. the beach shots. Uh, I think, you know, shedding some of that weight is probably better for his knees. Um, so I'd say that uh, I actually think that he's shown some playmaking ability. You know, he had a really high usage. Uh, so, you know, the assist numbers aren't necessarily there, but he also only played 24 minutes a game. So, you know, the assist numbers aren't going to be as high as, you know, they, they look a lot more normal in comparison to his peers. If he was playing that 31, 32 minutes, like some of the guys, um, you know, but he wasn't expected to come in and be the best player on the team. You know, he was not a top recruit like, you know, uh, a Brandon Miller or a Keontae George or a Nick Smith. Like he wasn't ranked like that. So um, his role expanded gradually. So um, for me, it would definitely I definitely think you should have a little bit of concern with the knees. Um, but uh, and and the defense where I, I think it'll be fine. He's he'll figure it out at the next level. I think he's shown enough for me personally to believe that. Okay. He almost he almost sounds like uh hear me out, don't don't get too mad. He almost sounds like uh like Dion Waiters fully realized. Uh I think he's way more skilled, honestly. Like Dion yeah, Waiters was a yeah, I mean like I, I guess fully realized. One, I I think he's got better size, um, just like mm. height mm. height wise. Um I think he's like stronger than Dion. Dion was a strong guy, but I feel like you know, he was stronger. Um it's just I he's just so much more skilled, honestly. Like I think yeah. he's just so much more skilled. Like his footwork is in it's yeah. bananas. It's absolutely bananas. And the efficiency. I mean, shooter, like, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's he's not a heat check guy. He's a real deal. He's got an argument for best shooter in the class. Yeah. You know. All right. I, I you you're making you're making some points that I haven't heard before. So I like it, man. Um Albert, same question to you, man. Who who do you like kind <laughs> of uh mocked in that range, run your big board in that range for the Thunder? I think you guys just saw it firsthand, um, but for our, our listeners out there as well, um, anytime Corey starts talking about Bryce Sensabuck, get out of the way. Um, it's, it's <laughs> let safe. me cook. Hold yeah, up, let him cook. <laughs> let him cook. You know, hey, get out. Let him let him do his thing. Um, but um, I, I think Sensabuck is a great option. Uh, we just did a pod this week that released this morning, actually, on uh, Keontae George. And mm-hmm. I think Keontae George is a name that, um, if you don't know who he is, is a name that you need to get familiarized with. Because like Bryce Sensabaugh, Keontae George, during draft season right now, looks like he's in incredible shape. And as we did our pod on Keontae George, one of the critiques that we had about him was, hey, man, you know, he was a little fluffy this season. Um, yeah. There were some times where he would get fatigued, a little tired during games, and he needs to get in a little bit better shape. Uh, seeing the shape that he's in right now and there that people are reporting that his weight is down like almost 20 pounds right mm-hmm. now, which is incredible stuff. Um, but the thing with Keontae George that I think makes him a great fit is a lot of the stuff that Corey <clears throat> talked about as well. Keontae George is an incredible shooter, a guy who is going to be able to play on ball and off ball, but predominantly off ball, I think, to come in. Um, and he's going to shoot the lights out of the ball. He was great shooting off the catch last season, even though his efficiency, efficiency numbers across the board weren't as good as Bryce Sensabaugh. Uh, but he was able to show that he's a tough shot taker and a tough shot maker as well. A guy that also struggled with uh, some injuries this season. Um, so him being fully healthy with good ankles uh, in better shape, that video that they posted of him in a solo workout mm-hmm. at the combine was electric, electric stuff. And I think that's the version of Keontae George that we're going to see in the NBA. And even with him having, you know, a, 
a couple extra pounds and diminished uh, health uh, during college, he was able to show some incredible shot making. And, you know, during our pod, we went over the fact that he's also a really underrated passer. Um, that was something that we were really surprised by, actually, because we did a preseason pod on Keontae and he really we thought he'd be like, you know, a good connector. A guy can make a you know the the single read easy pass, but he showed more than that during his freshman season, which we weren't expecting. And then on the defensive side of the ball, he was a guy who uh, it, he's a dog. He's an absolute dog on defense, and with him being in better shape and healthy or whatever, um, he's going to look that much better defensively. He's really good on ball, uh, has good length, really good strength. His frame uh, just looks like he's going to be able to add a ton more muscle moving forward mm -hmm. as well. Uh, some comps that Corey threw out there were like Anthony Simons, um, Donovan Mitchell, Jamal Murray. Mm -hmm. um, I threw in Bradley Beal as well. So if you're talking about a guy of potentially of that caliber being available to you guys at 12, you should really consider taking that guy. Yeah, and so how tall is he? He's like listed as like six, six four. four. Yeah, and, and I remember I listened to your all spot today, and you talked about how like you know it's the height doesn't tell the story of his size because he is like so strong and phys and plays so physically, and that's something that Presti and Dagnall have both like voiced you know after the season that they they're putting an emphasis on physicality whether it be on the defensive end offensive end whatever like they're looking for physical play so he, he fits he fits the mold in that i, I want to ask you this you know uh not not like taking you know like what alex said about dm waiters you know we're not saying this is like a you know one from one comparison just kind of like no. we're, we're just trying to trying to connect them to players that thunder fans know so they can get an idea of their differences how does Keontae George compared to Trey Mann coming out? Oh, that's mm -hmm. well, Trey Corey. We liked Trey Mann a lot, right? We like we Trey. Trey. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I I think the major difference is I think that Keontae is very much so more comfortable as an off-ball guy. Mm. Uh, I I just like the way that he runs off of like you know, floppy actions, you know, down screens, pin downs, you know, all that kind of stuff is like he he's been doing this forever. It's not a learned skill. There's just something natural about it. And his footwork in doing so is just so damn impressive. And, and I think when we, we talked about Keontae, one of the, the reasons that I, Albert and I are still, I think, higher than consensus on him is because we're picturing him in the context of playing with guys who are going to get him the ball mm -hmm. in spots what better player in the league you know to get him the ball where he likes it off those kind of actions than josh giddy who is going to place the ball perfectly at the right time i mean i think that pair and especially he's small smaller height wise but he's also not you know, uh, like we said, he's not small, but the mm -hmm. Thunder have so many jumbo guys that he can be a little bit smaller, smaller and you're and still going to have good positional size out on the floor. Um, I, but yeah, the difference between Trey Mann is I, I think he's just so much more comfortable off the ball, uh, yeah. if, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and also really quickly, like I, I think I, piggybacking off with what uh, Corey just said, like like I mentioned on the pod, uh, he may be characterized as a small guard, but he's not a small guard. Yeah, no. and he doesn't look small on the court. Exactly, he's mm -hmm. he looks big. He's strong as hell, and I, I can't emphasize enough. Like we talked about on the pod too, his lower half strength is awesome too. 
and I really want to emphasize that like mm -hmm. he, he and that lower half really enables him to shoot off movement to shoot off balance and to find balance it, it's Okay, so let me calm down because I freaking love him so much. I just did a bot on him. But I love it, man. It, it, and also, like, I, I get what you're saying, right? Like, I understand the inspiration in you know bringing up a guy like Trey Mann. But like Corey said, I, I do think there is a small difference, but I, I could totally get why you, yeah. you, you thought of him. Yeah. Yeah. And I say it just because of, like, you know, kind of the archetype. But, right. like, you know, whether it's Keontae George, Case Wallace, Kobe Buffy, you know, one, one, if we bring in a guard instead of a wing, like, that's the spot that they're going to be looking to take is Trey Mance's spot. So, I mean, you know, just like on the court, like, and I'm, I'm not saying I give up on Trey Mann in year three. Like, don't don't get it twisted. You know, he had a rough year last year, but we saw some legit flashes his rookie year. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, he's the guy that's going to put the fire to Trey Mann's feet, you know if we bring a guy in like that and the fact that he could play off ball is huge for us because we have so many guys that handle the ball. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to vault him up my board, man. I, I think I had him at 14, but I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to shoot that man up. Um, <laughs> I, I want to stay here a little bit. So obviously you guys have to sell, sell me this pin because you know, Wolf of wall street and everything. Um, you guys have a couple other prospects that are kind of controversial in thunder rank. So I, I'm going to give you your chance to kind of sell this pin. Um, this one Rucker recommended. So um, that Corey, I'm going to go to you. It could be directed to Albert. I'm not sure, but uh, this is a guy that Alex has been high on since last year. I have apparently surpassed him in how high I am for right now. Uh, Leonard Miller. Um, what do you, how you guys feel about Leonard Miller on this OKC team? Corey, before you go, I, I, just, I actually, you can take I, it. You sent us the outline before and you, you the sell me the pen, sell mm -hmm. me this pen part. I literally wrote in my notes, Leonard Miller. So I'm, <laughs> I'm ready to rock. Albert Shreddy. Um, I like it. Corey, I'll go first. Um, I'm going to, I'm not going to mince words here. I, I don't think he's good. Um, mm. I actually okay, don't think. Okay, pod's over. Pod's yeah. over. <laughs> hey, thanks for coming on, guys. Last time you're getting you coming I, on. I get it, guys. Like, I, I don't want to. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. We have guys at our website. Um, Nathan just tweeted earlier today that he's moved Leonard Miller all the way up to 16 on his board. I'm in the process of dropping Leonard Miller even more right now after <laughs> more conversations this week with people that I truly respect oh, um, and that I, whose opinions I really respect. And to mm -hmm. give you an idea of why I feel the way that I do, uh, first off, aesthetically, when he runs around the court, he looks like a Pez dispenser because he's so sh <laughs> like straightforward. I, I don't get it. Um, but I want to start there. Oh, but I, I think I think the way that people are characterizing his game and his future role in the NBA is really interesting. And we had a really good conversation, even in our group chat amongst No Ceilings, because we have a lot of guys that love him. And I'm really, really, I, I don't want to say I'm hard out at him. I think the range that I'd like to keep Leonard Miller is if I have an extra pick late first round, early, early second round, I've got no problem with that. To speak to Leonard Miller's strength, he's what, 6'10", big guy, right? Good length to him. He works really hard. He's a guy that was awesome on the offensive boards this year. A guy that I think had showed development, right? He got better. Um, my issue with him is I don't think he can shoot a basketball is number one. Mm -hmm. I think the jump shot is broken. I, I think he Ooh. absolutely has to rework the jump shot um, from the first quarter to the third quarter. His jump shot could look different from his first to the third shot. His jump shot can look different. It, it's something he really, really needs to work on. I think his handle, I, I think the fact that he has potential to be a guy who can handle the ball is nice, but I don't think he's a good handler of the ball yet. Although people may think other, otherwise. Um, 
But just overall, I think he's got a long way to go. I think uh, the best way I can put it is right now, he's not good at basketball, right? Potentially later on, can he get better? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. I'd like to say I believe he's absolutely a four. I don't think he's a wing. I don't think he's a three. I think he has to be a four. He has to bulk up. And if he continues to play hard, he continues to crash the board. As a backup four, I think he's awesome. I think he's going to be really, really good. But to take him in the lottery, late lottery, or early, like late teens, that's way too rich for me is what I'd say. Mm-hmm. I, I respect it. But Corey, are you are you echoing these sentiments? Um, here's here's what I'll say. I I think OKC is probably the only team in the lottery mm-hmm. where Leonard Miller makes sense as a potential starting level player. Uh, with that said, when if I'm gonna say that a player is only a potential starter on one team that's in the lottery. I don't think super highly of the upside there. Um, There are a lot of things about Leonard Miller that I think are uh, positives. His rebounding, his, his motor, his uh, it's relentless. I love that. Um, I do think he's got a little herky jerky uh, dribble and ball handling to him. That is interesting is probably the, the way I would describe it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, he's still light years away from being a guy I trust to make plays, but I do think he has some potential. He, he shows some flashes of that. Um, not a buyer of the shot in the slightest. Uh, but here's what I'll say. When you have a guy like Chet, it unlocks a lot of options for you. Mm-hmm. And Leonard Miller is a guy who I want around the basket. I want his motor. I want his, that kind of relentlessness around the basket. Uh, I want him to rim run, you know, I, I almost serve as like a center in a lot of ways um, offensively and then defensively, you know, I, like, I, I don't think that he's going to be, you know, a great switchable defender on like smaller guys, but I think he'll survive on force. Here's what I'll say. I think his absolute best case. And I don't think he, not his best case. Cause I don't think he, that he can reach this peak, but like, <laughs> the type of player that Julius Randall was in new Orleans is maybe mm-hmm. his peak for me. And it's like, that's a good guy. Like Albert said, like off the bench in new Orleans, like that's a valuable guy who could do a lot of interesting things as a starter. It only takes you so far. If you're getting like the Pelicans, maybe last year, Nick version where it's like, this guy's really frustrating. Um, he's not super modern of a player. And he can't really play the five because he doesn't protect the rim. So even with his physical tools, seven two wingspan, six ten height, all that, like can he survive banging down low? All that, sure. So can Julius Randle. But you need a guy who's going to be able to be like a, an intimidator down there. And the fact that he he doesn't really do that, and I don't really foresee it, just based on the way he plays, it leaves me a little bit lower on his potential. But like I said, if we're talking Leonard Miller fitting on Oklahoma City. I think he does fit. Would I use? I think would I use that lottery pick on him? Mm-hmm. I think that if you used it on him, you, you're just tossing it in the garbage because I think wow. there are going to be significantly better players. Not to say that he's garbage, but here's the thing: the Thunder have mm-hmm. a treasure trove of assets. Mm-hmm. So if Leonard Miller is your guy, maybe you use one of those assets and you try to get a second pick in the first round. Um, but there is just 
for me, that value for OKC doesn't start till minimum pick 20. Uh, I think, you know, the fact that he was initially on the combine scrimmage roster at all is something that should be like, maybe the internet's a little bit higher on Leonard Miller than the general consensus of teams because he just spent an entire season in the G league. It's not like he's an unknown NBA teams know what he looks like. Um, He shouldn't be a guy who had to have even been listed on those combine rosters. The fact that he actually pulled out and withdrew and didn't play means that he probably got great feedback from at least one team or maybe two teams in a range. So I ultimately I'm not buying lottery hype. Um, I think this is the time of the year where we get bored mm-hmm. and we just want to start doing some stuff because that G league season has been over for a while. So can't see why that hype would build all of a sudden, but um, there are tools there for me. That's just a little rich. He sounds, he sounds a little bit like uh Montrez Harrell. It sounds like, a little bit, and, and again, you don't want to. You don't want to waste the number twelve pick on him. But that said, as much as I like him, as lo- as much as I champion him, I did not have him in my top fourteen. So, Dylan, you go ahead and flex that all you want, but that, that's a weird flex at this moment. So, yeah. <laughs> no, I, honestly, I, I'll tell you what it was, and, and it's like you know, I, I like I inhale so much draft content like I, I think it clouds my judgment a little bit because i'm hearing so many from different mm-hmm. sides sam vicini's been really high on him here recently and like I, I really value you know sam vicini's opinion like you know he's he's been doing it for years like you know he's you know yeah. he, he knows what he's doing so i i don't know i guess like he he convinced me but you know it was just like a fleeting moment because i was very against winter miller i I hammed Alex for it for a whole 365 days. <laughs> and, you know, it was just like one like little blurb in a podcast from San Vicini. I was like, I'm hooked. I'm on him. So um, you get it. It's fine. We could be wrong. We could be wrong. Yeah, I could be. Max, dead wrong. Maxwell yeah. and Nathan love him. Um, he's a friend of he's the a quick uh, learner. He's made I mean, strides. He's made huge strides. And again, like you said, if he comes to Oklahoma City, you know, we do have the premier shooting coach of the NBA in Chip England. You do, you know, so that could be that could be something that hey could help him out. It could it can unlock things in his game. Um, again, I'm not necessarily going for him at 12, but like you said, if we can get a pick at 16, 17, 18, somewhere yeah. 20 in that range, hey, go right ahead. Yeah, it, it, worth it. I just think there's going to be value on the board that could actually yes. yeah. help Oklahoma City, or if there's if there's not, and like Leonard Miller is your best option, like trade the pick. Yep. Yeah, is where right. I'd be at. It's where I'd be at. A lot of smart people like him. So, mm-hmm. you know, we could be we could be dead wrong. But for me, um, he's an ideas guy. You know, yeah. it's like if you've ever dated like a, a a girl who, you know, was pretty hot and you're like, this is going to be great. And then you start dating her and you're like, maybe she's not that interesting, but maybe, <laughs> maybe she will be. Maybe if I keep, maybe if I keep seeing her, you know, like we'll start getting, it'll be a little deeper, but it's like, she's hot. So like, I'm willing to keep it going. And then like, she's still hot, but it just, she, it, she doesn't get any, any smarter or more interesting. She doesn't, um, like, she doesn't like draft season. Yeah. So it's like, she, <laughs> <Red flag. laughs> and, you know, it, the idea of her is great. 
All right, that's fair. All right, we, we, we've talked enough about Leonard Miller. He's yeah, I, I can't believe the three sixty from last year. I, I'm the one that's backed in the corner here. So all right, let's move on. Uh, so in your all's uh, post lotto mock draft, uh, Rucker actually took what? Hold on, hold on. I, I, I want I want to sell me this pen. Oh, I, I, I want. Okay, um, okay. Hold on. So I've never played this game. Um, <laughs> it's not a game, but okay. <laughs> so okay, so. One of the guys that I have been championing in, within within my circle is Gigi Jackson. Oh man! And I understand Gigi Jackson has his faults and he has his his warts, but he played half the season as a 17 year old. He's coming into the draft as the youngest player in the draft. Um, sell me this pen on Gigi Jackson, or break the pen in my face. I don't know, but sell me this pen on Gigi Jackson. <sighs> Do you thunder. like do you <laughs> do you like someone who takes the absolute worst shots imaginable <laughs> every time he touches the ball? Then you love you're gonna love Gigi Jackson. <laughs> did he have did he have any talent around him? He's unbelievably talented. He is. Um here's my here's the thing. And we have a, a, a Kentucky fan on, on the call right now. Thanks, man. Um, what were? How would you like a Kevin Knox? Mm. I mean, he. Hey, hey, no, no, don't, don't, because don't. That hurts. Because in previous in previous podcasts and years past, you've been like, let's try to get Kevin Knox. Let's try to get Kevin Knox. Yeah, kick the tires on him, sure, but not 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 in the first round of the draft. Now, here's look. To, to be fair, Gigi has a ton of tools. He's young, right? And that's that's what everyone is going to sell you on. He is the youngest player in the draft. He yeah. played some of the season when he was 17. So, of course, you know who else did that? Amani Bates. Mm. And Amani went back to school, and guess what? It didn't get better. Just mm. because he's young doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to be on some straightforward upward trajectory. This, If he had shown like flashes of being a, a, a willing passer, right? Um, then you could be like, okay, this is a guy who isn't going to need the ball in his hands. He's going to be able to make quick decisions. Like OKC's thing, multi-ball handler system, smart, intelligent, high-feel basketball players who will keep the ball moving, cook when it's their time, but like are comfortable playing in a team concept. That is not Gigi Jackson. Gigi right now is so far away from that that I it it would fl- for a number of reasons I would be flabbergasted if Gigi Jackson was on the Thunder's <clears throat> board at all. Um, you can't deny the talent, but again, like how often do these guys who you go well if it just clicks. How often do those guys does it actually click? It's so rare because there's something innate about being a basketball player. And I think Gigi, for as skilled as he is, he just doesn't have that innate just jazz jazziness to his game. That that you can go with the flow. You could play off others when somebody's riffing, you know what to do to Mm -hmm. to make them better. Right now, Gigi can just make Gigi better. And you could talk about how South Carolina was a bad team context and all of this. Guess what? Gigi Jackson 
made that choice to go to South Carolina. It's not like it was his only option. He was the number one ranked player in, you know, the 2023 high school class. So he chose to decommit from Carolina, reclass, go to South Carolina. He could have chosen a better context for him. He could have probably gone almost anywhere. He chose this because he was going to be the guy. And then when he couldn't make the decisions even at this level and he, he hit a little adversity, you saw how frustrated he got. And and that maturity is not something I'm worried about. He's a high yeah. school aged kid. High school aged kids do dumb things. It's not a, a black mark on them forever, but it does go to show how far he has to go before it could even kind of click. Um, and I just think it's so far away and he's just like the most anti thunder guy ever. It's like, and it would, to me, there's so many guys that will, that could impact winning that'll be available at that pick that it would be like choosing Kevin Knox over Mikhail Bridges when it's like the whole time. It's obvious that Mikhail Bridges is a better player. Now, you, you said you said Corey Cooks whenever he's hyping up Bryce. He was cooking right there. Thank you for smashing my heart. I appreciate that. He broke the pen and got ink all over your face. <laughs> he said, you want to play again? I'm going to go ahead. I've moved him up the board a slight, uh, my board slightly. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and not add anything to that just because well, thank I, you. I, think thank Corey, you. Thank you. I think Corey nailed it. But, Corey, I did want to ask this. And I know I, I'm not the host of the show, so I apologize. But, Corey, Corey and I famously um, don't really talk about guys that we don't love very often. Mm-hmm. Um, we, 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 I mean, Corey, we'll, we'll call a spade a spade. We, we, we try to be fair and cover a, a lot of guys, but we run out of time. So yeah, it's, we, just, we, it's, yeah, a time issue. it's a time issue, but a lot of times we focus on guys that we, we haven't really covered Gigi Jackson, Corey and I, I don't think we've had many conversations about Gigi Jackson. Corey, do you have a comp? Because the more I think about him, I, there's some guys that come to mind, but do you personally have a comp for Gigi? Hmm. What are your comps? I, I was thinking like, um, I was thinking of like, I don't know, Michael Beasley, but like not as productive. I don't know. I it's it's tough, man. It's man, tough. he was so good in college, so that's not a good one, right? I I I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah, I don't know. Like Tobias Harris, if he was not as like fun to play with extrovert okay uh i he's he is a tough one man because it's like he's tough when it if you just went through his highlights you'd be like oh this guy's the next jason tatum and then you'd look at his stats and be like oh he shot 34 percent from the field like you know like i i i don't know like he's he's kind of unique because he's gigantic he's got this awesome frame yeah um Great for Rui Hachimura. Maybe Rui. Like okay. there's a role for him on a on a team as like a complimentary piece. Um, but it's probably gonna be on his next team, not the one who drafts him. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of like how I see it playing out. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely fair. You guys made Alex mad. He he left the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He'll, he'll, probably, he'll be back. But um, okay. the, the guy I wanted to talk about is, um, you know, Rucker actually picked him in your all's post lottery mock. And Albert, I think you said that you actually have him five on your board, Jet Howard. Send me this pen, Jet Howard, man. 
Whew, okay. Um, I get it. I, I'm in the minority. Most people have him, I don't know, teens, early teens, wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just a guy that, you know, when I when I did his film Deep Dive, I, I felt something in my gut. Um, and that's something that I, I really want to continue to do where uh, you mentioned it, right? A lot of times, Corey and I, we can go against the grain. Um, we, we're probably not the most like we, we, we probably don't agree with the national media all the time with mm-hmm. how we feel about players. But Jed Howard is a guy that I watched him play and I was like, I, I love his game. Um, I, I think a, a good place to start is where he lacks, right? He's not a strong rebounder, although he's like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, um, not a strong rebounder at all in college, uh, struggled defensively early on. And then later on, like, he struggled with ankle injuries, so that only got worse, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll start there. I, clearly, he's got some deficiencies. But as an offensive player, offensive weapon, number one, he's listed at six, at six eight. But like when you just look at him on the court, he looks bigger to me. Um, I, I think his jump shot, he's an absolute sniper, really quick release, a guy that can shoot off movement, a guy that showed off in college that he's got more handle and shake to his game than I think people realize. Um, he was a good passer of the ball as well. Um, they had him running pick and roll and he was making good decisions. Uh, a guy who can make tough shots in the mid range. But for me, just considering how big he is, how flexible he is at that size, uh, the shot making ability, the passing ability, when I put all that together, I was like, I I really think offensively he's going to become a really lethal and versatile weapon one day for a a really good NBA team. So considering all that, I I put him in my top five and I haven't moved him since. And clearly other guys have moved up and down my board. But with Jet, I just it's it really is a conviction thing for me where Watching him play, watching him play even hurt, it made me think, like, this is a guy that we're just starting to see, like, the the tip of the iceberg in terms of the type of player that he's going to be. And so he's been in my top five, and I'm not going to take him out. I like it. Corey, how how you feel about Jet Howard? I like Jet. Um, I don't like Jet as much as Albert likes Jet, but, like, I understand why. Albert likes Jet that much because, you know, being a shooter at that size as fluid um, is a, a, a really, really fun weapon to utilize. Uh, I, I think Jet might have some of the five best handles in the entire class. Uh, I really think that he's got good, I think he's got good playmaking feel. I don't think he's shown a ton of like, you know, operating out of a, a ball screen and like making like weak side reads as like the the you know initiator but i think when he like comes off pin downs and or or comes off like a dho he's like perfectly capable of making quick decisions and making really slick pocket passes like i i think he's he's a good like high feel guy who can hit shots i I don't think he pressures the rim enough maybe some of that was uh the ankle injuries um maybe it is him just not really embracing his size and athleticism uh, enough, you know. I think he had four dunks this year, which is like a guy that size. He he should have more, regardless of you know him getting hurt. You know, halfway through the year, uh, the rebounding, I mean, unacceptable. The defense, probably a little bit more bullish on than the general consensus, just because when you're that big, like I, I think you could be good at times by accident. Um, mm-hmm. And what I'll say is, I don't know how deep I would go into him. If I were a Thunder fan, is what I'll say. That is fair. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, he's much much like Bryce and um, 
not not George, but yeah, much like Bryce and Leonard Miller, really. Uh, you know, he's he's like a subject of controversy among Thunder fans because he's a guy that I've been, you know, kind of highlighting throughout the year, like, hey, he's a shooter. Not only is he a shooter, he's a six foot eight shooter. Not only is he a six foot eight shooter, he's a six foot eight shooter who can do multiple things with the ball yeah. in his hands. Like, you know, I love Grady Dick, but on offense, you know, he's a little bit of a one trick pony in terms of like, you know, create self creation and whatnot. Um, and you know, everybody just wants to keep throwing out. Jet doesn't pass the ball, Jet doesn't defend, and like that's that's just their like straw man argument, and that's that's all they ever say about it. So um, yeah, I, I definitely get it. Um, I had somebody else, but just just so this whole podcast isn't sell me this pin, and so we can kind of get to other ranges in the draft, we'll move on and maybe he comes up organically. Uh Alex, did you want to take the next question? Uh yes, uh sure. So are we looking at the projected hire? Yeah. Okay, so so guys, so who's somebody who is someone that's projected higher um that you can see fall to the thunder? So somebody that's in that probably that four, four to eight, four to nine range that you can see tumbling down a little bit and the thunder just, you know, snatching them up. Mm. I feel like this range is so fluid. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That it's like it could be a number of these guys um, like in our mocks. I feel like a lot of times Anthony black has been the guy who's dropped, but I also don't think he's, I think he's a thunder kind of player, mm-hmm. but I think that like the thunder already have yeah. enough of these guys that he doesn't make sense. Thank yeah. Thank you. Um, <laughs> like I think there's a good chance that Kaysen is there, okay. Uh but, you know, I, I also don't know if Kaysen is, like, the ideal guy for this roster. Like, I don't think he – I think he helps everybody. Like, he'll help any team he's on. Mm-hmm. And he does, I think, provide something unique that some of the other Thunder guards don't in that while he is, like, a six three six four guy, he does – He's long, competitive defensively, doesn't need the ball in his hand. Like, I think the defensive clamp down potential for potent, like smaller guys, I think he can be somebody who really takes on that role. So it would probably be him. Like, I don't see uh, a SAR or a men falling that far. I don't see Cam Whitmore falling that far. Maybe a Taylor Hendricks. That's, um, that's, yeah, that's who I wanted to bring up. Yeah, and I think if Taylor Hendricks fell, I think that would be a phenomenal exactly. guess. Um, I also think that people have really been drinking a lot of Taylor Hendricks Kool Aid mm-hmm. in a way that you know is like going a little overboard selling mm-hmm. his skill set because you know people are living in imagination land with him. But it's like you don't have to because what he offers is already so freaking awesome that like you don't have to imagine this other reality that is like tippy top end potential that he hasn't really shown flashes of. It's just like, wouldn't it be cool if he did these things? But he would be a phenomenal, phenomenal fit next to Chet, next to the rest of the roster. Mm -hmm. He, I think he is like a uh, thunder type of guy. I, I, so. he's, a, he, he's about the only guy in this draft that's literally plug and play I, for the Thunder. Yeah, no, but my biggest thing is realistically for the Thunder, rather than reaching for Leonard Miller, 
hope that Hendricks is there and grab him at 12. Oh, or trade oh, up. Yeah, maybe yeah, 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 I'm going to say Hendricks is, yeah. Hendricks I mean, is higher on my board. Taylor Hendricks can really shoot the ball. Um, mm-hmm. And you talk about rim protection, he's got it. Um, I think, like Corey said, he's the one that you should be hoping is there at 12 rather than Leonard mm-hmm. Miller because he's a guy that, as you guys have already mentioned, would be plug and play, like straight up with, for the Thunder. He'd be a great, great fit. He was the guy that I had circled. Yeah. Heck yeah, man. That's, yeah, they, it, he's he's the pipe dream. But like, you know, as the, like like you said, you know, he's kind of been the, the Taylor Hendricks Kool-Aid has been going around and it feels like he's going to be drafted a little bit higher up there. I think uh what on your all's my draft wasn't he he was like seven, eight, something like that. Am I wrong? No, that I mean it sounds about right. Yeah. 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 It's it no, actually, no, he went tenth. Oh, okay. I, I I took him for Dallas. Oh, he's definitely Dallas. been in the he's been yeah. in the seven eight in the seven eight range uh on previous mocks that we've done. I think he might be like seventh on our big board. Um but I, I do think like I think the way that NBA teams approach the draft is different and it, not every team is the same. So we'll start there. But like, mm-hmm. I think the way that a team that teams approach the draft sometimes is a little bit different than fans or like independent scouts in that a lot of times when we're talking about these players, we're talking about like, what is their top end outcome look like? Right. And what does their potential look like? But like a lot of teams approach the draft and like, well, what's the median outcome look like? Mm-hmm. Because that is a much more realistic thing to bet on. It's like if he reaches that median outcome and you're a top seven pick, like you're at least going to be a starting level player, a top or a top 12 pick. Like you're probably going to be a starting level player if you reach your median outcome a lot of times. And that's what teams bet on more so. Like not every team is looking to get like a star player who's going to develop this crazy. Like Taylor Hendricks has, we love Taylor Hendricks. Um, he's shown no indications that he has ball handling skills mm-hmm. or dribble. Mm-hmm. So like for people to be like, well, wouldn't it be fun if he was a three? It'd be like, it would be fun, but, <laughs> but, but he's not highly unlikely. But like, if you do that, like maybe you're, I mean, there, you could hurt his development because you're taking him yeah. away from what he does. He almost, he almost reminds me of like the Keegan Murray of this draft. Like Keegan Murray is probably never going to make an all-star team, but Keegan Murray is going to be a solid pro for 12 to 15 years on a team. That's what I see with, with Taylor Hendricks. He's never going to make an all-star team, but if he's on that right team, he's going to be like a key cog in that, in that wheel for years mm-hmm. to come. I, I think there's something to that. I, I, now I think Keegan, I think even Taylor Hendricks, like, if they're an all-star, it's probably one or two time all-star type thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, part, part, Dang. Of like a, part of a championship team type thing. Like, Maybe, like you know, yeah, like, like Luol Deng was a two time all-star, yeah. you know, and Luol Deng was a great player, boring, Kyle, Kyle did Cor- all the right. Yeah. Like, you know, like to, I, I think, you know, Corver would probably have a harder time in this more talented NBA making the all-star team. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that kind of thing where it's like, I do think he, he could be an all-star, even if he doesn't develop like ball handling skills in this, just because he's going to be a great defender. He, he's going to be a high volume three-point shooter, really good around the basket, like touch, like good fadeaway post stuff. See how much that's utilized in the NBA. There's, there's a path for him to be an all-star. 
but yeah, he's got to be on a really good team and he's not going to be the best player on it for sure. And it's probably, he's not going to be a, I don't foresee him being a perennial all-star. I think that bar is just so, so high. All right, guys, uh, I'm going to audible here real quick because we, we got about 10-ish minutes before yeah. you guys got a heart out. So I'm going to rapid fire through these other ones, try to get through as quick as we can. We've had sure. a lot of fun already hearing Corey rip on Gigi so we don't have to do the fun <laughs> section. Um, so we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll, we'll finish with the meat and then we'll, we'll end the pod there. So um, I, I do want to throw in a, an audible to my audible, though. Um, you know, we're talking about players that could fall to us at 12. Uh, if I was going to ask you guys, you know, a player that, you know, obviously is above us at 12 that you would want the Thunder to trade up for. And maybe not Jarius Walker. I know that's probably your pick, but, you know, we've heard a lot about Jarius Walker. Is there anybody else kind of in that category that you would like to see the Thunder trade up for? You're muted, Corey. Honestly, just Hendricks. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think the Thunder have so much backcourt talent, so much, like, wing talent. Like those are the two guys that for me personally at a certain point, like you do have to build a team. Like yeah. you can't just build a roster. Right. And like, that was a big uh, mistake of like, I think the Philadelphia 76ers in their rebuild where, you know, they a- acquired all these assets is they would just like, yeah, let's get the talent and we'll figure it out later. Like, I don't think when you have, when you have guys that are going to be established rotation guys, if you draft another guy at that position, you're just setting that guy up probably to maybe not fail, but not reach their potential because you're not going to give them the opportunities. Jalen Williams is an established part of this core. Now Mm -hmm. Chet Holmgren is going to be an established part of the core SGA established part of the core, Josh Giddy established part of the core. Um, So for me, it's like, where can I get the talent? that helps maximize and accentuate the strengths of these other guys. Um, and f- for me, it's, it's gotta be in that front court spot. Um, so, so Corey, with, with what you're saying, my idea was a little bit different. I was wondering if you package 35 and 37 move up to maybe somewhere in 18 to 25. We had 37 and 50 now. We, oh, sorry. Yeah. We had some bad lottery luck. <laughs> um, yeah. But if you could package something to move into that 18 to 25 range, um, I was thinking maybe someone like uh, Derek Lively, James Najee, uh, Trace, mm. ja- Trace Jackson Davis, Adembona, uh, someone like that. Um, another rim protector, another big guy that you can go ahead and you can have him back up Chet or even pair with Chet um, was what I was thinking uh, along the lines of what Corey was saying. I think front court, right, adding someone interesting there would be my target. So maybe if you could trade into that area, right, late first round, whatever, and grab one of those one of those bigs, I think that would be a great think, way to round up. I think Lively, if you, I, I think he's a worthy pick at 12 for the thunder i was thinking that too to be honest too. Wow. like I, I don't i don't think you would be like he fits this category of like who should we trade up for mm-hmm. from for with the 12 pick but like albert said maybe if you use one of the other picks to trade up or, or just take him at 12 uh lively i think would really be a lot of fun next to chet outside in yes. game makes a lot of sense high field guy good passer um the defense between the two would be insane even if there's not a ton of bulk but you also have you know jalen uh williams to in, in the front court who's a little bulkier who can maybe you know do some interesting things i i do think lively would be a great fit we love naji naji's an 
a monster if you're looking for some bulk. That's yeah. he's got bulk on bulk. He's a Dude is I can't believe he's 18 years old. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's let's kind of go towards the back half of the first and like into the second. You know, I mentioned we had 35 and 50. Um, you know, you touched on a few players that are kind of in that back half of the first round. Uh, who's some other guys? Um, maybe maybe the Thunder, you know, get stuck with Gilwin Guard. Maybe they go Keontae George, Casey Wall, something like that at the top, and then they're looking for wing depth. Um, you, you, you talked about some bigs, but, you know, maybe is there any wing depth kind of in that range that you would like for the Thunder? Sorry, I'm looking at my board right now. 35, 50, okay. Uh, so you're saying would be there. It could be like, you know, late first, like, you know, again, like mm-hmm. package to move up, just, you know, kind of after 12, you know. Colby Jones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Rucker's really high on him. Rucker's high on – look, there, I mean, there's a, a, a ton of wings. I, Colby Jones, Koulibaly um, is really yeah. interesting. Rupert. I think there's, 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 there's going to be, there's going to be, um, it's going to be a guy that you're going to have to look at and consider maybe anywhere. Um, have to based on the history, uh, Max Lewis, you know, there, mm-hmm. there's a, a number of wings, but Colby Jones is a, is very much a Oklahoma city thunder player. Yeah. Um, I'm upset Corey went with Kobe Jones because he's who I wanted to talk about. Um, you say Rutgers high on Kobe Jones. I have him the highest on my board out of anyone on our team. I have him at 15. Ah, um, I apologize, Albert. I was no, 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 game. no. But Rucker, Rucker, <laughs> Rucker has been huge on him all season long, too. Uh, Kobe Jones, as Corey mentioned, um, is awesome. He's a guy that we've interviewed a couple times already during this cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, a do it all, a do it all wing can defend. He, he developed a ton with his outside shooting. I think it's only going to get better. Um, I think he's he'd be a great option. Uh, another option uh, that I saw live a bunch of times now, Jaime Hawkins Jr. from UCLA. Um, you talk about a cerebral guy, a guy who is really athletic, um, who's a great, great frame, um, needs to shoot it better from outside or shoot it more from outside, but I think he's going to be a good shooter, um, mid-range killer, um, a good defender. Great, great option there. Um, another name that is a Corey favorite. Not well, okay. Well, if we're talking about wings, then it doesn't count. But I don't know. I thought of it as like a backup point guard, a guy who can play off ball. Um, one of Corey's absolute favorite guys, Marcus Sasser. But mm-hmm. uh, I know you guys are looking at more at wings. Love though, Marcus so. Yeah. So I'll go Jaime Hakez and Colby Jones. I think those are two great options. Yeah. I, I think you. I think you guys. Yeah, Jaime Hakez has has kind of shot up my board as far as like high second rounder because of what you guys have said um recently about him and he sounds he sounds like a presty player as far as you know the way he plays as far yeah. as you know being a, a jack of all trades and you know mid mid-range assassin but he could step out to the three if yeah. he's given the opportunity so yeah he's definitely on my board for 35. yeah and i i really like kobe jones and uh another guy i wanted to ask you about you mentioned him briefly maxwell lewis i mean you know, what what's can you explain to him you know just a little bit to the listeners because he's not a guy we don't get we don't get to talk about very much um hmm. well Corey, you can speak on this better than i can in terms of his developmental path i know he had like a weird one um but the biggest thing biggest thing with maxwell lewis is he can really shoot the ball yeah um he's he's got great positional size um great wingspan um good athlete 
Um, he improved with his ball handling and playmaking, uh, but he can really, really shoot it. So if you want to take a bet on a wing with prototypical wing size who can really shoot the ball and, you know, yeah, I, I think you guys would be interested in um, D outside shooting. Maxwell Lewis is a really interesting developmental guy. Um, I don't think he's going to be electric from year one. But mm -hmm. in year three, we might be talking about something special, someone really special. Um, I currently have him 14th on my board because I, I really do believe that there right. is so much to his game that over time will become a really special player. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I really like Colby Jones, Maxwell Lewis, and like Julian Strother in that range. You know, just like Strother's that wing awkward cool. type that you know can shoot. I like Strother because you know he's he's got the familiarity with Chet too. And I'm I'm of the opinion if you pair college teammates, you know, it leads to success. Shout out Sacramento Kings. Um, all right, let's uh, let's end it with these two questions. So next I, next year next year we're gonna go ahead and pair brothers. We're gonna get Cody Williams next year. So. Yeah. No. Uh -oh. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll forecast them. Yeah. That's why we're keeping all four of those picks next year exactly. so we can move up. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Last two questions. I do this one. I do these two, you know, every year. So, based on our current picks, 12, 35, or 37 and 50, what's a fun draft combination for the Thunder for you guys? Corey, you want to go first? You want to? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, 12. Um, I'm going to take. Uh, Bryce Sensaba at 37. I am going to take, um, I'm going to take Deron Holmes. Okay. Out of Dayton. And at 50, I'm going to go with Kevin McCuller from Kansas. Hmm. I do like him. I do like him. Uh, d didn't you write that he's a he's a star in his role? Yeah, I yeah, yeah I wrote a piece um like that with, with a uh, clickbait headline titled <laughs> Kevin Kevin McCullough is a star. Um, but really just talking about how how amazing he is as a um at starring in his role and, yep. and playing playing a connecting piece on both sides of the ball. I think he's the best perimeter defender in the in the entire draft. Um, Ooh, okay. Uh, he, his Ooh. He's unbelievable. Like his fundamentals, uh, he, they stuck him on the best player uh, throughout basically his entire college career. He's guarded Paulo, you know. He's guarded Keontae. He's he every tough assignment in um, his conference this year, which is you know the, the Big 12's unbelievably difficult conference, and mm -hmm. he's been there forever. Uh, and just a really intuitive passer, ball handler, ran some some point guard. Uh, he's a jump shot away. He's a jump shot away and it needs to be rebuilt. He's a guy I've spent time with. Um, he knows that it needs to be rebuilt and he's willing. There's no better, as you said, guy to do that than Chip England. Mm -hmm. And because if he becomes a guy who could shoot it, I mean, one, you put him and Lou Dort on the court at the same time and uh, with Chet and I, just unbelievable That's potential close. there. All of it. Good luck. Yeah. Good luck uh, scoring. I, I mean, yeah, good luck. Uh, and but if he if he could shoot thirty six percent from three, like you're talking about a guy who Bruce Brown type potential, you know, mm. like like that, that that's who I see him as. I see him as a Bruce like Brown that. type of guy. Okay. What about you, Albert? Okay. Um, for me, I'm hoping he falls there, but Hendricks at twelve would be phenomenal for you guys. Yes. Um, Thirty seven. <laughs> I was thinking. Now I don't know if he's gonna last that long. 
but once again, fingers crossed, right? James Najee mm. there. Yeah. Um, and then at 50, man, I'm bad at this because I don't think he's going to be there either, but who knows? Uh, Jalen Clark, uh, wing from UCLA. Um, he, similar to what, what Corey just said about McCullough, just an absolute dog of a perimeter defender, a guy that we've interviewed before. I, I just, he's phenomenal on defense. And I, I think he'd be a great addition to you guys as a wing who um, improved as an outside shooter. We'll continue to improve um, at that. But also like McCullough, he's not the world's, uh, he, he, you wouldn't characterize him as a sniper, but mm-hmm. a guy that I think is definitely working on that shot and he showed some improvement this season. So. Uh, I think that would be really fun for you guys. You bolster that front court, and then you add a really, really tough wing defender in Jalen Clark. Um, I, I think it would be awesome. Yeah, man. Shoot, that's some crazy defense, adding those three guys to Chet and Dort. So I like it. All right, last question. If I was to ask you guys to give us one bold prediction for the Thunder in this draft, what would it be? Wow. Ooh, okay. I mean, okay. The first step is moving towards the camera. Let's okay. I yeah. have one. I have one. Bold prediction. Um, damn. Bold prediction. Bold prediction. You don't grab anyone in the first round. Oh, oh man. That is trading um, out. Okay. Yeah. That is spicy um, hot. That is a yeah. fire wing. Like and, and not trading for picks, but actually trading for a guy. Oh. Um, I, I think. You guys are at a point now where you were in the play-in. You guys were competitive all season long. Um, the young talent's coming around. Um, it, it, you guys look great. I mean, the future's really, really bright. Mm-hmm. Why not package some of the surplus of picks into a real guy, um, into a guy that can contribute contribute now? Not, not saying that you're going to make a title run or anything like that, but I, I think this is a nice period in the timeline to add – a really strong veteran to what you guys already have. So my bold prediction would be you guys don't actually take anyone with a first round pick. Do you have any, do you have like a, an idea of maybe somebody? I mean, no, I, I don't yeah. because <laughs> the, the thing is, the, the thing I hate about the NBA is we don't know who's going to be upset next and who's yeah. actually on um, the trade block. So I, I don't really have a name for you guys. It's Julius but... Randall is who he's thinking. Oh, come <laughs> on. And you, you're you like, there's actually some Thunder fans that were like, wanting him. You, you like you like Gigi Jackson? Go take Julius <laughs> Randall is what we learned today. Um, but I, I just really believe like timeline-wise, it makes sense for you guys bye to – because you still will have tons of assets left even if you package your first-round pick. So – um mm-hmm. is what i'm thinking okay i like it what about you Corey? uh my bold prediction is that the thunder will use the 12th pick and future picks to move up to select jarris walker Ooh. all right that's fine and, you, that's and so you've fun. made me happy once again <laughs> I think I think we have three people that are putting it out into the universe, manifesting the trade up for Jarris Walker thing. So I like it. I like it on our behalf. So, uh, fellas, I appreciate you guys coming on. I appreciate you bearing with me. Start with a little bit over. It's always a blast having you guys on the podcast. Uh, I, I said it last time. You were you were my introduction into the no ceilings uh, space. So uh, thank you for that. Um, I'm gonna let you guys uh, you know have a chance to plug all your stuff. Um, so yeah, Corey. Go ahead and plug anything you got plugged, man. Uh, you can follow my personal account at Corey Tulliba. Um, You can follow uh, NBA Draft Dude on uh, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and then No Ceilings NBA on all of the things, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, uh, 
the podcast, No Ceilings NBA podcast, uh, where Albert and I host the Draft Act podcast on Thursdays. Um, daily sh- daily show, five different shows every week from the No Ceilings crew. Uh, so that's, you could find, you you head to noceilingsnba.com, you'll find all the things. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could find me at Alberto Gim on Twitter, is where you could find me. If you're on Instagram, I'm at uh, GTGNBA. Um, is where you can find me. Just want to say really quickly, it's been such an honor and so fun to be on your pod again. uh, We always are so appreciative of the shout outs, of the invites. We think what you guys are doing is phenomenal as well. Something that Corey always says is that uh, in this space, there's room for everybody. Um, There's Mm -hmm. always room for all of us to grow. Uh, All boats rise with the tide, right? Is what we really, really believe in. Um, And so we really love what you guys are doing. I'm really thankful for the invite once again and can't wait to be back. For sure, man. Respect, respect. Thank you guys for all the kind words. And I just want to say one more time to the listeners, you know, if you're not subscribed to No Ceilings, do it. Three Fs, free, fun, freaking informative. Got to go do it. I need that merch though, man. This is becoming a gray sweatshirt. Corey, where are we at? (laughs) It's... Uh, we got a, a lot of stuff coming in the next week or so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> any, any Gigi Jackson merchandise? <laughs> <laughs> you oh, know, there, there are quite a few guys who did make it onto some merch, but Gigi was, <laughs> Gigi didn't just make missed, the cut. Just missed the cut. Made an executive decision. Hey, but yeah. shout out to Gigi if he, uh, wants to stay in college another year and develop his game and get wit no ceilings for an NIL collab. Hey, there you go. There you go. Uh, th- this is the last thing I want to say, um, just because um, whenever Mike Smith went to Blazers last year, uh, one thing that me and a lot of other people were worried about was like you didn't get like the in-depth like film review with the prospects. And I just want to give you guys a shout out for keeping that going. That's awesome. Like that's that's so important for like understanding of prospects and how they like see the game, how they see the floor, and understand you know their feel for the game. So I uh, appreciate you guys for keeping that up, man. Hey, Thank it's you. been it's been an absolute blast. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, for the people who don't know, um, I worked on that series with Mike for you know the last few years. So mm-hmm. it it felt only right to keep that going as somebody who knew the format, knew the formula. Um, and the cadence and the pacing to it because it's you know it's like you said it's i think it was the most valuable stuff draft stuff that was on the internet all mm-hmm. of those years yeah. he did such a good job of making those prospects feel comfortable enough to open up to him and and talk that stuff out and you you learn a lot you know watching these guys break down film um and and you can learn like which guys are open to constructive criticism what guys see the games the the right way uh it's a really great time it's a really yeah. great time check out the last one that we did with dylan jones somebody who's tearing up the nba combine right now i love it he's got a great name i gotta tell you um but guys uh <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna stop saying i got one more thing i'm gonna let you guys go uh one more time just appreciate you guys uh keep keep killing it y'all are Y'all are on such an upward trajectory. I can't even imagine where y'all are going to end up. So uh, just, just glad that, you know, you let us be a part of that. So I uh, hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, guys, thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Yeah, yeah. Albert. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V 
on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.